Welcome to the Miss Retro Read Show. I hope you enjoyed the book School at the Chalet. It took a long time to get through, but we did it. It's so neat to me that it was an all-girls school. Did you like all of the pranks they played on each other? I think that was my favorite part. Putting Vaseline on a chalkboard, I never would have thought of that, but it's true. You can't use it after that. And then putting a dummy in somebody's bed. Oh, that would be scary. Did you pull any pranks on anybody before? We have, in America, um, April Fool's Day tomorrow. So we'll see if anybody pulls any on me. The amazing thing about that series is that there are over 50 books. So that'll keep me pretty busy. Now, for It's All Good, I'd like to recommend the film Somebody Up There Likes Me, starring Paul Newman and Pierre Angeli. It's a 1956 film, and it's based on the life of Rocky Graziano. The one thing that I don't like about the film that much is that it's between quotes filmed in a realistic way or realism. It seems some people think that they need to only have like the dirt or screaming in a film and that other people think that they need to have only hearts and flowers in some films. But life isn't like that. If you go outside, you're going to see dirt and out of the dirt, there's plants and flowers growing. So just keep that in mind. There's beautiful and there's ugly, good and bad in the world. So it's nice when you find a film that reflects both those things. But this is still a good film and the, uh, the plot is the best. It's about a guy who had a tough childhood. As a result, he got into trouble as a kid and he kept on making bad choices as a man. But it's a true story. He turns his life around by becoming a boxer. He finally puts all his anger to a good purpose. Eventually, his bad decisions of the past catch up to him, and he has to answer to the authorities. He gets pretty angry at this point because he had gotten his life pretty much in order, and he had a family and everything and a good job, but his bad decisions of the past caught up with him. It seems to me that he always was trying to take the easy road, you know, stealing rather than working for a dollar and running away from responsibilities. And my favorite part of the film is when Rocky's wife tells him to stop feeling sorry for himself. Rocky's trainer is there and he gets mad at her and says, Rocky, she didn't mean it. And then the wife says, I'm his wife, not his manager, and I'm going to be living with him long after you stop worrying about his weight and how much sleep he gets. And then Rocky hears this and he runs away to his childhood home and to an ice cream shop that he used to go as a child. And there's an old man who works in the ice cream shop and he tells him something that changes the way he looks at his life and it solves his problems. But I'm not going to tell you what he says. You'll have to watch the movie to find out. And it's an entertaining movie, too. It has comedy in it, so that's good. Um, but Rocky's story is inspiring to me because it's a reminder that every person, even if they start out on the wrong path, can change. And I'm not saying that you should trust somebody that has a problem that would endanger you or something like that. But like if your friend has an eating problem, you know, you're not going to give them tons of food, things like that. But what I'm saying is 
if a person like says, hey, I'm sorry, and I'm going to change my life, then you forgive them. But you still remember their weaknesses. But in Joyce, somebody up there likes me. Um, in facts known by few, it's going to be about nature. So did you know a mix between a chihuahua and a dachshund is called a chihuini? <laughs> and a hummingbird can't walk or hop. Their tiny legs are only used for perching or moving sideways while perched. There are no seagulls in Hawaii. I didn't know that. I've never thought about that before, but it's true, I guess. Even though dragonflies have six legs, they cannot walk. Sea otters have the thickest fur of any mammal at one million hairs per square inch. A baby has 30,000 taste buds and an adult only has about 10. That's interesting to me because if you think about it, kids often don't like strong things like onions and coffee. And so maybe adults like them because they have less of a taste. Monarch caterpillars breathe through holes in the sides of their bodies. An oak tree produces about 10 million acorns during its lifetime. A group of penguins in the water is called a raft and a group of penguins on land is called a waddle. I think that's hilarious. So for books I have known, I'd like to recommend the author St. Alphonsus Liguori. He's my favorite author on religious books, and he's wrote over 100 books. He has always helped me to grow closer to God and his saints. And I just finished How to Pray at All Times. The book that really cleans house, though, is The Glories of Mary. Boy, if you read that, your life will get in order. Mary's going to come in and clean out your dirty room of all the bad stuff you've collected. And you may say, well, I kind of like my room messy. Or these things, they're really not that bad. Just a little. Well... You can say you want to keep it messy, but you're going to be pretty ashamed if Jesus comes to visit that room and it's messy like that. Take my advice. Read the glories of Mary. You can thank me later. And the next book we're going to be reading is called On the Love of God by St. Francis de Sales. It's one of my favorite books because all it does is talk about all the ways that God loves you. And I think it's important in the life we live today where so many people are angry with each other <laughs> all the time, um, that we realize that God loves us. Because if God loves us and we really internalize that, we will also love his human beings that he created out there every day. So um, he had a problem, St. Francis de Sales, on controlling his temper. Did you know that? And he's a saint, so he must have overcome it. He would dig his nails under the top of his desk to stop himself from saying something rude to somebody when they were in his office. And you can still see the marks under his desk of his nails where he dug into it. It reminds me, all this talk about anger reminds me of 
One time I was helping out some sisters and they were in a hot kitchen and we had tons and tons of vegetables that we had to can and that we only had a certain amount of time to do it. And we were helping this one sister who, to me, she was always smiling and she always uh, like would say nice things to you and uh, like every now and then the other sisters would have a grumpy day, but she never did. And I just kind of got this idea of her that she was just kind of like oh, wimpy or just, you know, that she never really had any problems in life. And so that was my impression of her. And I didn't respect her much because of that. And that's my problem. Totally. But anyway, so we were talking in this situation where we were hot and one of the sisters had said something and it had a reaction in this one sister that I thought was wimpy. And for an instant, I saw in her this spark of anger and I realized that she had a backbone, that she had an opinion and that she had problems that she had to overcome and that she had been working on these things for so long that she gave the impression that she had totally mastered it, that you would never suspect that she had had these problems to begin with. And my esteem for her just shot up at that point because I realized she for years had been working on this. So I don't know if this is very like striking to you because I lived it. Usually the stories you live through, they're more striking to you. But just remember, if you meet somebody who you think is, you know, oh, they're kind of boring or, oh, they're kind of like always kind to people, just remember they might have had an anger problem like St. Francis de Sales. And if they were angry at you, then they might get your attention. But the meaning of the word virtue means force, strength, vigor, moral strength. So don't let anyone try to tell you that being a virtuous person and seeking God is wimpy or weak. Sometimes you see like, like people that put skull and crossbones everywhere. And this is a form of strength. This is a power, but there's only good and evil and good always wins. So the evil is a power and people might use this as a power by, you know, being mean or angry or showing fear, fear, trying to get people to fear them. But this is only going to last for a certain amount of time and then they're going to lose. So it's better to get your house in order and work on your problems, whether it's anger or, or being lazy or any problem that you might have, just work on it. So it's hard to work on these things and they are taking the easy route when they look at you and they, they see that you're working hard, you're a reminder to them that that's what they should be doing too. So don't let anybody ever tell you that you're wimpy or anything like that just for trying to be a good person. It says in the Bible, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent bear it away. Matthew eleven twelve. You have to be violent with yourself in correcting yourself. But to others, you have to be very gentle in their problems. 
So I'm going to recommend you listen to On the Love of God because I think it's a good basis for wanting to start to become a better person. Because if you don't know God, then how can you love him? You have to know that he loves you first. I'm starting a new segment on the show called Busy Bee. So it can be on crafts or hobbies or sports. It's important for all of us to keep busy. It keeps us out of trouble. Do you have any kind of hobbies? Do you like playing sports? I have tons of crafts that I love to do. So I love baking and I love quilting and sewing. I've made some of my own clothes and I know how to crochet and embroider. And I'm not saying these things just to be like, hey, look at me. I'm just saying it's important for you to get interested in how things work, how to do things like different sports, like what are the rules of this game and so forth. It's, it's good to keep your mind busy and filled with good things. So that's why we're going to talk about crafts and hobbies and sports. So the first craft I'm going to talk about is inspired by my brother who always said he wanted to make one of these. Maybe this will get him interested. Have you ever heard of a ship in a bottle? These were first called bottle whimsies and people would put all kinds of things in bottles. Some amazing bottles that have survived have all kinds of crazy things in them, like there's a chair in one of them, uh, an entire office with people working, a bar with people in it, uh, a man working a loom, and um, there's some that even have working scissors inside them and locks inside them, just all kinds of crazy things. So they were called bottle whimsies and eventually somebody started to put ships in them. And looking at these amazing bottles, I can't understand how they did it. It was so intricate, but it would be neat to see a video on how they make it. Uh, in 1784, Captain Giovanni Biondo made a model ship in a bottle with full rigging. The idea of a ship in a bottle really took off after popular mechanics began holding contests in the first half of the 20th century. So what do you think? Could you accomplish this feat? If you did, what kind of a ship would you put in your bottle? I think they have to take the ship, construct it outside the bottle, and then put the, the mass down, squeeze it through, the neck, and then assemble it again upright inside the bottle. That's, I think I've seen that done before. But that's all for this episode, and I wish you all a lovely Easter with lots of wonderful candy and beautiful time in church. Thank you for listening to Miss Retro Reads.